G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Beautiful pass straight on the chest of Delmenico. Back to Stephen Michael. Michael a long kick towards full four. Ten minutes gone, third quarter. Michael in front spot gets the tackle, so he gets interference, and he'll take the kick off the halfback line. Looking for a lead now. Goes straight to centre field. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. As always, we're here for our friends at Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Today, we're joined by a man widely regarded as the best player to never have played in the VFL, AFL. And Stephen Michael's choice was very much our loss. From Noongar country, Western Australia, Stephen was a forerunner to the modern mobile ruckman during a long and distinguished career for Waffle Club South Fremantle during the 70s and 80s. He is a dual Sandover medalist, a five-time best and fairest winner, an All-Australian captain, and both a WA and AFL Hall of Famer. Stephen, hello. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Yes, it's a pleasure to speak to you guys. Just those honours, we can gloss over them. It's almost checklist-like, but they are enormously significant. Uh, so many of them as well, Steve. What, what one or ones do you, do you hold most dear? Oh, I think the most dear one is, you know, um, captain uh, the old Australian side. You know, Sandow is, is, is a very high uh, in the podium. And, you know, and I think um, playing in grand finals, you know, we, won a, we should have won maybe two grand finals, but we won one. But just, you know, you put all these hard yards and then, you know, at the end of the day, you wanted the results that they have in the grand final. Uh, it's a team game. I help um, uh, to win that grand final and all my teammates helped me to win. So these uh, accolades of the first and best, uh, Sandovers, All-Australian, Tassie, Simpson Medal, you know, I don't go out and say, right, you know, I achieve this. At the end of the day, it's my teammates that supported me and helped me achieve it. And Stephen, that All-Australian captaincy, 1983, was actually, I think, the first time an Indigenous captain had, had been given the honour. So you did blaze the trail right throughout your career, and this was this was right up there. Yeah, that's, that's right. You know, you know, you know, you're going through my um, career. You know, I played 212 games without missing a, a game. I think uh, rest in peace, Jimmy Steins, who played for the Melbourne Footy Club. He holds a record over in Melbourne. You know, but it, it's just a great honour playing. A great game of footy, you know, the sport of that time, the talent, uh, the skill, uh, the adversity of, of some of the players we had, uh, non-Indigenous players and Indigenous players, you know, and we uh, come along and say, especially the Indigenous boys, you know, you had the Haywood brothers uh, come through, then you had the Jimmy Crackers in the field, then you had, the, you know, the uh, Buddy Frankman up to the later generation, you know, it's just, there's a team of... Uh, players going through and, and setting the standard for all types of players. Where do we find you this morning, Stephen? Set the scene for us. <laughs> I'm sitting in Collie. I was down having a coffee with Mungle. Uh, we're down at McDonald's. You wouldn't believe it, having a coffee. But it's, it's, a, it's a wet day over today. It's a lovely little town. You know, it's uh, a place where it's a mining town of coal and all that. And, there's, uh, you know, in, and we're situated in the state forest, so really we can go anywhere, east, south, north. And we're in the state forest. There's camping, there's camping areas down here. They re, what you call it, revegetate the morning and make them into land, um, lakes and make them into decent camping areas. And it's a 
three of them picturesque places. Sounds fantastic. Uh, Steve, you mentioned moving east. I guess that the prospect of moving east, albeit a lot further east, is a big part of your career. We did mention off the top that you never did it to play in the VFL, but it wasn't due to a lack of trying from clubs over this way, was it? Oh, no. Uh, you know, I, I love the clubs over that way. You know, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we look at, say, the situation when it was a VFL. That was a, a main core of, of footy in Australia. Um, you know, like the Geelongs and the, and the North Melbourne's the best and all these other clubs who did try. You know, I, I appreciate the offer and uh, I play sport for enjoyment. Money's not an uh, issue in my uh, sporting uh, career. I go along and just say, right, each week you're from the country, you, you come up and um, uh, play footy in, you know, the top level. And I, I believe at the time, in the late 70s, we had the best footballers in Australia, not being rude to the Victorians and all that. You know, we beat the Victorians in the State of Origin games and all that. And, and I look at, say, the players who played uh, in the State of Origin games, uh, all from WA, most of them, and they played over there, and I'm sure they cut the teeth over there and learnt the ability of uh, the Victorians' uh, game plan and all that. But, you know, I just love playing the sport for what it is, not for the money or the sponsors. I know we need sponsors, but at the end of the day, it's about enjoyment, letting kids have fun. Or letting people have fun. Did the temptation ever get to a point where it became serious? I mean, Geelong, Stephen, you paid them a visit, I think. You, you came over yes, here and, uh, and and at least heard them out. Yeah, no, no, the Geelong was very, very... Uh, they were the front runners, but, you know, uh, there's, there's a, a situation in the background like my parents. You know, my dad was a, a million bloody heir, and I don't think any of our parents are millionaires, but, you know, he worked on railways, and there's a big family of us, and, you know, and uh, South Melbourne, the footy club, I went to when I came up from 75 to play at South. Um, they looked after my parents very, very well. Um, when I say looked after them, you know, two and a half hours from uh, coaching up to drive Perth. That was a, um, not a long trip, but it's a trip where my parents can cope with that. But if they had to kind of come up and drive from, say, uh, coaching up to Perth, catch a plane to Melbourne, and then catch a plane or a bus down to Geelong, you know, I think uh, mum. Well, she'd never been on the plane, nor my dad. So, you know, I think uh, I owe them a lot indeed to stay where I was. And I think what awards, you know, it, it's funny you uh, ring up and I was, uh, was talking about um, something up another day because I, I got a foundation named after me and Mum was saying, I'm, I'm very, very proud of you. And, you know, Mum never ever say anything like that. She's a very quiet-spoken lady. Uh, she don't uh, boost the kids up. But then she came out and said, oh, no, I'm very, very proud that what you achieved is, is, is you know, just out of a learn. I thought, oh, that's good. But, you know, they was the culture of and the support of my uh, um, footy ability. I want to say footy ability. You, know, you take all the kids who go out and play in the country, the kids, uh, I'll say the parents are their backs, they off or the backs drop off the plays, and the parents, if people who go out and play, and they're travelling for bloody miles. They used to go all the way to Lake Race, King, uh, Cookran, Dumbing, Nangra, Niving. And, you know, my dad... It didn't hesitate to take it. So, you know, it's just the background background of, of the parents. So I owed them a big dividend just the same for and say, right, um, let them come up there. And like I said, the Fremantle Footy Club looked after them very well. Yeah, no, it's beautifully said and beautifully explained. And everyone listening this morning can obviously will be able to relate to that and understand that. But, Stephen, the Cats, one thing they could offer was, I guess, a financial uh, package that might have been lucrative. Now, the rumour mill had it at around 80000 a year at the time, which is pretty big money in 83. How accurate's your, your memory of what the offer might have been? A bit more than that. I didn't say that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
was talking to Brian Peake, man. We went to the um, Melbourne um, Western Bulldogs Grand Final, and we mean Peaky, and you know, the table was number one, and, and it was an ideal table. You had the Graham um, Moss there, you had the Ross Glendinnings, uh, you had the Robbie Wiley, and, and Brian Peake at his number one table. And I said, Gee, isn't it a picturesque? Anyway, he's talking about the, the old days of Geelong, and apparently it was a package deal between um, Geelong and um, mean Brian Peake, and I didn't know about that at the time. So, But, you know, um, no, Geelong offered a very good dollars, and, you know, and um, I, I wasn't... Uh, well, I'll look at this way. You never see me in a dead in the cemetery, do you? You heard about him, but you don't take his money with him. That's right. That's right. And they would have had to convince you to put up with the weather. You would have had to take a few degrees off what you were used to. Well, yeah, that's right. But, you know, it's funny. When they took him over there, you know, they showed us the stadium. It's a lovely stadium, don't get me wrong. But I, I walked out there and there's about, say, four or five inches of mud out the footy over. And I said, gee, I, you know, well, we need, we, you know, especially coming from down south, and I will say, Great Southern, where it's pretty hard and all that. I said, um, we don't have ever seen this mud and all that. I said, but you know, and then they have a barbecue and it's uh, built down in the rain in a carport. And I said, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit unusual, you know, we have a barbecue and it's built down in the rain. <laughs> the fact, the fact, Stephen, that the late and great Polly Farmer that he'd played with the club did that hold any sway at all? No, not really. I, you know, yeah. I, the, 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 in, in my time, you know, I went and watched Deschamel and I think it was Perth. I think uh, a little bloke called Barry Cable running around at the time. And, you know, I don't really uh, uh, focus on, say, uh, having role models. You know, I think all kids should have role models, but I didn't really. But I've I seen this number, not, little uh, blonde kid running around, and I said, gee, he's, he's got a lot to beat on him one day. And, you know, and with Polly, I know Polly very well. I, I used to fly over when he was still alive, going over to Melbourne. and um, all that in a great place, and oh, Polly is the greatest football over. Saying he's, he's set the trench step in business plays, not only in business plays, he brought the change of made a big long handball and big long kick. And that, you know, Polly was just a ambassador of football in general. You know, we talk about the Teddy Witness and all that, you know, and, and they fit in the same category. But to me, as, as an indigenous player coming through, and you look at Polly Farmer, he, he fits at um, the top of the statue, in my opinion. He should have been the statue yeah. at uh, um, the stadium in in um, uh, Perth. Yeah, yeah. And look, you mentioned the Stephen Michael Foundation, which we'll get into a little bit later on this morning. And certainly a big part of, of your legacy that goes, you know, well beyond contracts that Geelong might have offered or even well beyond the, the trophy cabinet that's uh, borderline overflowing at your end as well. So we'll explore all of that and more right here on This Is Your Journey. And it's all thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Up next... We'll retrace Stephen Michael's steps from rural Western Australia to the city of Perth and Waffle fame. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Stephen Michael, sidebottom, tried to get him out of the road. And uh, got straight into Stephen Michael's back, so Michael will take the kick underneath the scoreboard. Nobody on the mark. Making all the mistakes in the world at the moment. Cornell charges through, clears the ball as far as Stephen Michael. Michael goes in, now picks it up, makes a couple of metres, gets his kick in, is slung heavily by Smith. Hello, it's great to have your company on This Is Your Journey, made possible by Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. We're chatting with AFL Hall of Famer Stephen Michael. Stephen, what are your memories of childhood? You are the oldest of 10 siblings, have I got that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, oldest of uh, the four boys and uh, six sisters, yep. 
And and Kojin up, you were raised. What's that? About 250 kilometres south of Perth, would you say? Yes, it, 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 we'll say it's, it's about 250, 260s, two and a half hours drive from the, the central of Perth, yes. It's, uh, it's a farming community and, you know, it's, um, sport was very big in them days, in the early days, because uh, we had a very good um, um, well, what is it, a, a group of people in the community, I'd say sport, basketball, cricket, um, uh, netball, all that, so it's pretty busy. And your folks, Albert and Patsy, what what did they do for for work, Stephen? My my well, my mum was a doing a kids all her life, really, and she's still doing it. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> dad dad worked on the railways. He worked on the railways. Um, he did a lot of travelling. When in his early days, when he was very young, he did a lot of travelling work on the farms, and then he got on the railways, WAGR, and um, he uh, did thirty odd years, and then he retired. You know, um, he you know the wages wasn't very big, and that's why I was the main cause I didn't go to Melbourne because, you know, your parents, uh, you know, um, support you and they love watching the footy every payday, you know, which they get paid once a fortnight and they come up and watch it play. It was at Bassendine or Subiaco or wherever it was. You know, my dad, and, and you know, it, it wasn't a heck for them to do that. You now I think today's we got to look at the thing and say, right, where our kids get everything on a silver platter, them days we'd get nothing and, you know, uh, running around coaching up, you know, we used to run around in the creeks and that, there's no shoes. And, you know, the main rule that the old man said that um, uh, once the street lights on, you got to be home by that. As soon as the street lights come on, it was just six o'clock in them days, earlier days. And uh, as long as you had your chores done, you was right. I, I like that. Once the street lights are on, you've got to come home. And did you always come home with a footy in the hand? I mean, you always had the footy close by, surely. Oh, yeah, we, we, you know, the, Dad lived on the railways, you know, and I say, you know, alongside the railways, and had a fire break there, and, you know, we, if it was footy season or cricket season, we was at the back kicking a ball or hitting a ball with a bat, you know, tennis balls or whatever, and, uh, you know, it's just something that, um, I want to say, you know, you look at kids today, and uh, we played um, sport all the time, you know, if it's to go up to, and then you sit up on top of the hill, and we used to go up there to the paddock at the back, and we made the goal post there, the post, you know, just put it in the paddock and say, right, it's a goal six man. Yeah, yeah. And if, and if it wasn't footy or basketball or cricket or whatever sport you were playing, Stephen, I imagine hunting was a big part of it as well growing yes, up. Uh, yes, we did a lot of hunting. It's amazing. In the early days, it used to, and it sounds cruel, we used to have, have blue dogs. And, you know, there wasn't any firearms around at the time, but we used to take the blue dogs out. And uh, the old man uh, had a couple and the grandfather had a couple, so we used to take them out and you know, run through the bush with them and that and use whatever weapons we can find or make up along the way to use to uh, get our food and all that. And, and, and it still is today, you know. Unfortunately, um, the times are changes, you know, we got firearms and all that and there's no really getting out and, uh, say, listening to the bush and then reading the bush and understanding the bush uh, because everything is done by driving along in the back of the ute or in, the, in, the, in a car. And Stephen, when it did come to the footy, without wanting you to um, sound arrogant here, did you feel like you had a gift that that you believed you were born with a lot of the traits that you would later become known for? A lot of that was just innate in you? No, I I don't think so. I I think I just played it because I enjoyed it. I just played it because uh, I love playing sport. And and, and my lifestyle, I want to say my lifestyle, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I had a pretty clean life. I've say reared up with my parents and that. And my dad was my role model. Um, my dad played a little bit of footy in wage and in the very, very early days. I'd never seen him play or never heard about it. But he, somewhere along the line, one of my aunts was telling me that he did play for wage. But, you know, to play and say, put yourself out on a pedestal and say, right, you, you're destined to play footy 
didn't do that. I just went along and played with my mates and just wanted to do well. And like I said, um, I had a very clean um, upbringing. It was through uh, no alcohols or, or drugs or anything like that. And with your footy journey, Stephen, did you, you started on the gravel, didn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no... There's no um, uh, some places down the cage, I'm down that area, there's no grass. And, you know, you played on <laughs> by clay pens and, you know, and gravel on those, you know. It, it's just unbelievable. You know, you look today, you, know, you get the modern technology with the grass, the boots and all that. And, but in them, some of them days, we just played with, say, joggers on no shoes on. So, you know, there wasn't any boots involved. It's just um, whatever you had on your feet of the day. And, you know, I still remember sometimes going to footy and, you know, um, if, if you've... Uh, well, I used to wear desert boots. If your desert boots was... Um, they laughing at in front of you. It was time I was fishing wire or, or, or copper wire to keep them together. So, you know, it's, it's amazing that the game changes. Yeah, so senior footy coaching up at 15, I think. You played Colts in Perth at 15, didn't you? And this was when you were no, you were no, billeted out to families Colts. in Perth? or? Yes, no, that's right. Uh, I did I did go, come up and play, uh, you know, well, I didn't really... It doesn't really ring a bell. I, I know I did come up and play for some of the sides in the country, but uh, I played Colts. Um, um, was, uh, I was coaching up and went straight into the lead side. Uh, right. you know, and I, and I don't blame my but I don't talk to myself and say, right, I'm a superstar. I'm not a superstar. I'm just a normal person who, somewhere along the line, was in the right place at the right time for the genes. Uh, I wanted the Colts first and best. I wanted the lead first and best in the country. So... You know, everything I've seen to touch is, what I say touch is what I've played and achieved the rewards out of them. I don't set out to achieve rewards. I set out to say, be part of a side and say, do well and walk off with an attitude and say, right, I did the best I can. And, you know, no one can knock you for that or, or say, question why did you do that. If you come up and say, right, I achieved the best I can over 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 the period of time I played, it's just something much... Um, not broad, broad, it's something that you achieve through life and meeting famous different people. And, and you mentioned going to watch, obviously, East Fremantle and, and Perth play as a young fella and yep. Bar- watching Barry Cable running around. And it was around this time, wasn't it, Stephen, that the winners was on every Sunday night? That was part of the ritual, yes. of course, if you oh, loved yeah, your yeah. footy. Right. You, yeah. you, you watch the winners. Oh, I love that. You know, and, and, you know, it, it, when I um, watch them and, you know, and all of a sudden you go out and play with uh, South Melbourne and all of a sudden you get inducted in the all of fame in Melbourne, and you know, I, I was very proud to be, uh, we call it, collected in the, with the greatest plays that was going around in Victoria. You know, you look at say, your Malcolm Blight, uh, um, Kevin Bartlett, all these great plays, and you know, it was just uh, a dream. When I say a dream, you know, you don't dream, you do dream about it, but you don't expect it to come to fruition and say, right, I achieved this and all that. You know, it's just something that. You know, it happened to me. Uh, maybe I was in the right place at the right time. Maybe I was around and achieved with the, the greatest players like the Graham Moss and right, the Ron Bouchers, uh, you know, who played in WA, the Johnny Ironman and all that, at the greater opposition players. But I never ever set out to say, right, be a, a superstar or um, something that give me a big head. I'm just a normal person and go about my business. And, you know, like I say, I don't... Uh, uh, preach about, or not preach about, say, uh, boost myself up and say, right, I, I'm a superstar. I'm not a superstar. And you mentioned our idols, perhaps, isn't the right word when you're watching these guys, but I guess they're all pretty powerful, looking back, pretty powerful influences on, on your life growing up, aren't they? Oh, they are. You know, you look at a, like, like Rolly Dole, you know, Jesus, uh, not Rolly Dole, um, the Carlton, the 
Oh, what's it? Dormit, they used to call him. Bruce, uh, Bruce, yep. um, Bruce Dool. Yeah, you know, Bruce Lee Dool. You know, you look at him, you know, you, you think, yeah, these guys run around, you know, and, and, and you think, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And the Tommy Apies and all that, the Ron Brassies and all that, you know, you, you, these guys are is, uh, is a home known name in Melbourne, you know, and, and all of a sudden you get inducted into the Hall of Fame and all that, and you think, geez, it, it's unbelievable. It's a dream. You know, and, and I do treasure that, you know, and all, all the things that I uh, go through and, and be part of, I really treasure, because at the end of the day, you get some people who don't achieve anything, and, but as uh, brilliant players. You're with This Is Your Journey, and it's brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Lives. You can visit them online at tobinbrothers.com.au. We'll be back with WA icon Stephen Michael right after this. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Stephen Michael uses his body very well to get his bigger opponent out of the road. Vasoli is beset upon. Back out to Wood, the bandstand side. Michael in there, one-hander. Has that been voted as? Oh, great mark. Gee, is this fellow in top form today? He's really shown about you how to play football. Hello, we hope you're enjoying this week's edition of This Is Your Journey. We're with two-time Sandover medalist Stephen Michael. So, Stephen, mid-1970s, 1974, I think, you travel up to Perth to participate in a country footy carnival. Now, the zoning laws of the waffle meant that you would go to South Fremantle if they liked what they saw, and it turns out they did like what they saw. Yeah, that, that, that's quite true. You know, we played in the Central Road Southern, and uh, the zones was very strong in them days, and yeah... But, excuse me, and I went and played with South and that. And, yeah, no, and then they did like what I say. And I, I was very fortunate coming through. I don't know if my first jumper was 25. I think um, um, maybe a less number first off. I think uh, then the great Fred Senior retired. Um, he was a great um, player for the South Melbourne Company. I took his jumper over and never number 25. And I wore it ever since. And, you know, I is uh, a one-club player. You know, I'd uh, offers going like say, play with Geelong and even some offers that don't play all the different waffle sides. But I'm a great believer is loyalty is very strong in my ability, you know, with, with, with a sporting career. Because uh, you come up to a town or a city like Fremantle, it's a multicultural community. No one judge you, no one cared or anything about you, uh, what colour you are or what nationality you are. We're all one, uh, a lot of people. So it's it just yeah, it was, uh, a great... Uh, yeah, I was just going to say it's a multicultural town, but it was a very multicultural club back in that. Probably still is, but certainly was in those days, wasn't it? Oh, it did. It, it, yeah, it's quite true. It, 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 you know, and, and it's amazing through through my uh, uh, career and pathway through that is that um, uh, we had uh, I wouldn't call them rejects. We had players come from another club, and uh, the great coach Malcolm Gregory Brown comes through and. He, he moulded all the players like um, the Don Ironmongers, the Paul Vassolis, the Noel Carters from Richmond. Uh, you know, all these players have come to different clubs and he's moulded them into a great team at the Fremantle City Club. And, you know, and like you say, it's a moulded culture. We had a lot of Indigenous players, great uh, superstar, uh, Morris Rioli, Mr Magic, we used to call him, the Basil Camels, the Betty Garners, the Nicky Winmars. You know, all these guys have come through in my career, in uh, my time. It just was... The most Indigenous players whatever comes through, there's about 100 and something players that play for South Melbourne. So we mostly hold the most record of Indigenous players who play for one city club. So, Stephen, the transition to city life in Perth for you, how did you cope with that in the early days? It was terrible not to be that much. You know, there's a couple of times I even packed up and come home. You know, and, uh, Malcolm 
uh, Brown come down to San Francisco, Steve Burnett, you know, so I'll, I don't need her. But, uh, you know, I was um, happy that Brownie kept pestering me and come back and, you know, like I said, one of, one of grand, uh, two standover medals. Should have had three, but, you know, unfortunately, the way umpires vote, it, um, we can't change. And I don't blame the umpires, but just the way the game is, you know. But it's, it's a game that you don't go out and say, right, um, set your goals to play in win standovers. But uh, the ground of uh, people at the um, time, the Brownies, the Nor- um, Norrie McDonalds, um, the Clive Lewingtons, the great ambassador of the footy club, the great actor man, you know, all these guys who went through that footy club. It was great um, people to be involved with uh, at that one footy club at the time. And, you know, like I say, the multicultural is very, very great there. And you mentioned Mel Brown, who was your coach for most of your, your time, Stephen. A colourful character, Mel, who's certainly had his critics over the time, but his influence on your career it was profound, wasn't it? Well, it was. You know, Brownie had this thing, you know, he had this knack to get the best out of, well, you know, what I say, Indigenous players. You know, he, he had the best out of get out a lot, but a lot of the Indigenous players he didn't really worry about. You know, the great superstars, like the Morris Rioli, Benny McGowan. So I don't always remember Benny come up and say, Brownie said to him, you kick six goals, you can come off. And Benny kicked six goals like four the time. He wanted to come off, and Brown said, "No, no, no." But you know, he, he, he is a colourful character. Um, I was a bit annoyed when someone, the media, said he's racist a couple of years ago. Brown, he haven't got a racist bone in his body. He's one of these guys. He come from Darren, and he's seen business players play up there, and he's one of the guys who knew how to get the best out of all players, and especially the business players. You know, I don't always remember from the same East, Steve. He said. Um, uh, you're fed. I said, you're the coach. You've got to tell me, mate. And he never ever asked me again if I was fed. You know? and, and I did carry a lot of injuries through my career. Um, I still ring Brownie uh, quite a bit over in Melbourne at the moment. You know, yeah, he's going and all that with the COVID and all that. But he's, he's one guy I put very highly up in my coaching mentors who I had to coach me. So I reckon he was a great ambassador. And, you know, he's, he's, he's down to earth person. Now, Stephen, your durability has become the stuff of legend over the years. You mentioned it earlier. There has been some mixed data on this one, but it was 212 consecutive matches for South Frio. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yep. So to play that many consecutive games, you're obviously playing at hurt at times or at least less than 100%. Well, you, well I don't think you get any play plays under 10%. You know, I yep. want to say as good as 100%. But I, I've been shot in the legs. I've been in car accidents. Um, tried to fit between the... A, a car reversing in the driveway in the MTT bus, and you know, I got out of that okay. A couple of stitches over the eye. Um, I had 44 gun drums in the early days when they never had to worry about safety boots. I was in the uh, wharf in Fremel, and uh, 44 gun drop, drum dropped on my foot and split all my webbing. I played with that. So I, I did have a lot of injuries through my career, uh, but touch wood, I'm very, very sound and male, mobile at the moment. Where Injuries don't play a big part of my life. I don't, I don't have any bone structures or difference like that. I mean, like I said, I got shot in the leg and the, the hamstrings and the doctor said, Steve, you got two choices, it not operate or leave it as it is. I said, well, leave it as it is. It won't do any damage. <laughs> yeah. We probably need to back up over the fact that you did get shot while you're out uh, roost shooting. Now, one of the pellets, as you mentioned, stays in your left leg, I think, because what were the complications with surgery to remove it would have, I guess, put your hamstring at risk? That's dead right. That's the reason why they didn't operate. They said if you go in, you do more damage to the hamstring than it is at the moment. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm thankful about that. 
What happened, Stephen? What happened? How did you find yourself getting it's, shot? It's, it's a situation, you know, as, as, you, as we go out and um, do reshooting, you know, we, we get someone, say, like, walk in the bush, you know, put a drop up one end, then we put people in another end, and they wait there, and you wait in a line. And unfortunately, this bloke, he, he's in the right line, don't get me wrong, but he's um, shot behind us, and there's a, 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 a tree called the Wandu tree over here, which is a white gum tree, and that ricochet is back off, and... Um, him in the back of the leg, and it's just well, like a big march fly. And once you wipe your hands away, and all of a sudden you see a handful of blood, and you think, oh, Jesus, it's amazing. You know, you see a bit of blood, and you go like, Kelly. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. And that 44-gallon drum um, smashing your feet doesn't paint the greatest picture either, I've got to say, Stephen. So despite all that, you're flying along. By 19, 1980, you're arguably the Waffles' best player. And Morris Rioli's running a mark. Noel Carter as well. You've got a great chemistry there at South Frio. The yep. big rivalries in that time for you, you touched on them, but Ron Alexander, uh, Ronnie Boucher, Graham Moss, of course. Yep. The Waffle was yep. big time at this stage. The, the, and standard-wise, absolutely flying, wasn't it? Oh, it was. You know, you you couldn't ask for a bit of competition. And, and like I, I say, with the players that come through, you know, Mossy, they go and win a Brownlow medal, come back and coach Claremont. I, I, I rate Mossy, as, as the modern-day player at that time, was the best player I played against. I, I uh, speak very highly. And then you go to the other side of the coin, look at Ron Boucher, you know, and I've been uh, disrespectful. Ron Ron didn't have an ability, but he had a bigger heart of goal and strong as a hops, you know. I reckon... Um, I've seen him lift players up just with one hand and you think, Jesus Christ, what are you going to compete against? And I'll tell you a story about Ron. We went to Adelaide and we played in the state game over there and we had a gentleman called Ken Armstrong and he said, uh, Steve, you changed um, your same as Rue. Because his name was nickname Rue Boucher. And I said, oh, Jesus, the same as Rue. I said, you know, me and Rue don't get on all that well. But anyway, um, you know, um, he goes down and buys a pocket knife and I said, oh, Rue, what are you going to do with that, buddy? I'm always eating it. He said, oh, I just bought it for the young bloke, you know, when we go camping. Then he goes and buys his two bottles of water, Johnny Walker whiskey. And I think, oh, gee, it's going to be a great night. But he, he's a nice bloke. Get to know Ron. He's one of the gentlemen. That you've met. But, you know, as a footy player, like all players, you run under the white line, you get white line fever. And, you know, you get that summer, this is black and white or red and white, you play for that jumper. And he just played for his art out for that uh, footy club. And, uh, you know, like I said, then you get your Ron Alexander, you know, you get your Brad Smith, you get your Ian McCulloch. You get your John Ironmongers and, you know, uh, I played against the players who was the tallest players in Australia at the time. You know, it starts off as Peter Burton, uh, Laurie Keynes and the likes of John Ironmongers and all that. You know, these guys are mountains compared to me. You know, they must be six foot four. I was six foot one, six foot two. So, you know, these guys are just uh, uh, trendsetters to the modern day football. Yeah, indeed. But you, so you topped the the height at one eighty eight, didn't you, Stephen? But w- what you lacked for in height, you made up for in athleticism. I mean, that was your that was your, your ace up the sleeve, was it not? I was, you know. And you know, I, I think my biggest ace up the sleeve was, you know, I don't drink, and you know, I I, I don't believe where um, you can go and play a sport and get on the booze on a Saturday night and try to run it out on a Sunday. And I think it's just a waste of money and a waste of time. And I, I look at say, right, if you want to be fit. You have to say be 110 percent uh, in alliance what you do. I want to say that that you know you can't afford to say right. I'll get on the booze and I'll run out next day, but you, you don't achieve anything. You just go back to square one, and you, you, you're trying to get up to say uh, square five, and, and you're a long way from you. Know, and, and, and plus, in my days, we had uh, a job too. Now I worked very hard on um, 
a carton bales of wool, which is 204 kilos. And we used to pull them out of the uh, In the early days, I don't even know about they the railway carriages, and we had to go and pull them out of them and load our own trucks and all that, and pull these around. Like, they 204 kilos is quite a bit of weight we have to lift on our own. And that was my weight training and, and physical training, and I didn't do weight. Not a very good trainer. I'm very, I want to say, a very lazy trainer. I just go along and a pre-season trainer I've never ever done. I don't, I don't know why because um, <laughs> I just wasn't interested. But like I said, this this work of mine, you know, driving trucks and unloading bales of wool and potatoes, 74 kilo potato bags we used to stack in containers. So, you know, I had a very good um, um, say pre-season and uh, everyday work. And it was, in them days, it was good because you work. You go, you switch off from work, you go and train, and you play footy. The next day, you do the same thing. It's just a rotation, like a switch on and off all the time. And that's why sometimes I think today, too much is infinite on, say, right, uh, just concentrate on footy. Yeah, yeah. We're talking to Stephen Michael on This Is Your Journey, thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. We'll be back with the South Fremantle great right after this. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Ball is high, kick up towards Stephen Mike. Oh, oh, what a mark. 78 and 79. There goes the shot at goal. No mistake about that one. Coming out the defensive flank, looks to Lamos. Michael from behind is marked. Towards full forward, Stephen Michael in front and has been awarded the mark. Hello, it's been great to have your company here on This Is Your Journey. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. And Stephen Michael is our guest today. Stephen, you've raised it a few times now, I guess, your approach towards alcohol in your life. And you are a lifetime teetotaler, which, um, you know, you said went hand in glove with the fact that you wanted to be as professional as you could possibly be as an adult. But... Coming through as a kid and as a youngster and as a teenager, was that when you formed your decision, perhaps initially, that you were, you were never going to go down that path? I, th- I think, it, 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 I want to say the sad part of it, I think in the early days, you know, in them days, um, I think um, um, you used to get, say, uh, they used to call them Kim Brown, so I think you used to get two on a Sunday afternoon or session by yourself. And I, I couldn't believe that, you know, uh, that people um, thrive on it. I've seen a lot of people... Um, I get it and abuse it, and, and you know it's a situation. You look at your friends for that, and all of a sudden they give them the booze and they give them the pipe because of alcohol. When they're sober, and they don't get into it. They're like brothers, and I think, geez, I wouldn't like to be like that. You know, my lifestyle is um, it's too hard to earn money, and why should you waste time just on alcohol or cigarettes? The Stephen Michael Foundation was formed by South Frio in 2017 to, you know, deliver programs that support the development of youth from the club's recruiting zones. Now, when we talk about your legacy and honours and Hall of Fames, that's all amazing. But this is really inspired by you, isn't it? It's attached to you and it makes a long-lasting difference, doesn't it? Oh, it does, Tom. It does. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I don't do anything half. I want to say do anything half hard. And, you know, the footy club come and stand us and... I didn't realise how big it's going to get or how big it was at the time. And you know, the footy club said, listen, Steve, uh, they went to a game in Carnarvon and, and not being disrespectful to my brothers and sisters in Carnarvon is that they, you know, they send them to come back to, oh, we've got these little kids up there running around with uh, no shoes, no nothing uh, uh, good about them. You know, and I said, oh, gee, I said, would you like to use your name? I said, oh, yeah, go for it. And uh, that first um, one was a... We got a situation going in Mikasara where 
that was the first um, port of call, if you like call it port of call, where we started off first and just grew from there. And the indigenous, well, not the indigenous, the, the foundation is dotted for indigenous players for uh, all races, uh, black and white, and boys and girls. I don't believe that we should go down a situation say, right, just for the indigenous players or the indigenous girls. We got too much in the world at the moment to worry about saying on. Uh, get rid of this racial um, line, if you like to call it, and join it together and say, let's make decisions together so we can go along in the future for the grandkids and great-grandkids and say, right, have a clear path where these kids are going to end up and let them make the decisions together. And I'm just saying, hey, you know, whatever happened 500 years ago, we can't change that. And you mentioned grandkids, and we did speak about family earlier, Stephen, and how they were a big part in the fact that you stayed in West Australia and didn't take up the offers to come over and play in the VFL. So what have we got? We've got seven kids of your own now. Are we, are we up to 25 grandkids? Pretty hard to spoil them all. Like 26, 27 grandkids. Tw- no, no, <laughs> I, I, we do spoil them all. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, every Christmas we get together, and you know, I, I think um, we look at the situation, all depends on the age bracket where they are and the age group. And, uh, you know, the young ones, we, we look after very, very well. Uh, but uh, ones like, say, 2023 20, downwards to, uh, to, say, 17, 18, that had old, we give them the school vouchers, but the kids would look after the very good. And, yeah, I would never ever change it for the world. Like I said, I've got 27 of them and, and five, uh, five boys and two daughters. Uh, they mean so much to me as, as a parent. We go camping on Lake Farm uh, out of Quindanning. Uh, so it's, it's uh, you know... I, I maintain getting out in the country with the kids and, that and getting back to grassroots where you just do the general, just lay it out and say, right, uh, have a barbecue, take the bikes out, go for a walk on the paddocks. It's just something brilliant. And pick mushrooms and the mushrooms is on. Yeah. Hey, and Stephen, who who draws your eyes to the footy these days when it comes to the AFL? Who who has you flicking on the TV to watch? I have to be honest. <laughs> I don't like watching the footy though, eh? You know, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I went and watched Melbourne and Western Bulldogs. I didn't care who won the game. I believe no matter who won it, deserved it. I loved uh, Melbourne because I look at the great player of um, Robbie Flower, Jimmy Stein, and the great player of a bloke called um, Paul Roos. Because I think Paul went down to Melbourne and they started say, the structure very, very early in the Melbourne yep. uh, return, if you know what I mean. And, and, and I'll... I'll him very oddly in, in the great play he was and I think everything Paul touched he seemed to turn to goal and uh, and you know, like I said I didn't care who won but they both deserved it because I believe that they're both people clubs when I say people they're not like I say one of these great clubs like the, the Richmond the Collingwood uh, the Carlton's who've got all this bloody money the, I think the Melbourne and the Fitzroy is a, uh, is, is a great uh, the people's club where the down to earth I'm not saying they're having a down to earth people in there but you look at the fundamental of these other clubs as this the so, Stephen, just to re- rewind for a second, you, what, you're not exactly in love with the game the way it's played at the moment. No. Is that is that a f- fair to say? You know, in my time, where do you change rules? It's nearly every 12 months they change the rule before the season starts. I was wanting to just let the players play the game. I think some players can, can, can get confused, uh, broadcasters get confused. The game's not mm-hmm. a very healthy game to look at. Uh, and, you know, you always, well, I always, uh, well, I coach the girls at the moment. Uh, I always say to the girls, if you're in front, don't players look after you. But you look at the AFL game, if the player's in front, he's on the bottom of the pack, he's on the ball. So, you know, I look at the change of the game is not really healthy for the In my own personal opinion, it's 
not really healthy. I refuse to watch it. I watch, say, something like um, the Waffle or watch a countryside. You, you get more better results because they look at and say, right, let's play uh, this footy, a decent brand of footy. Stephen, it's been terrific to catch up today. You were big, strong, athletic, brave, and as we touched on off the top, you were ahead of your time in an era where few could influence games to, to your level. Now, the trophy cabinet you have reflects that, but as we've discussed, your legacy also goes well beyond it. Well done on all you achieved, and thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, guys, for letting us on there. You know, like I said, I, I'm no superstar. I'm no hero. I'm just a normal person. I um, look at life, and like I said, I just coach girls, and, you know, I, I'm a great fan. I've seen kids come and enjoying life, and that's what footy's about, enjoying life. And that's why I say you shouldn't change the rules so much. The humble Stephen Michael there. Thank you for joining us also. You've been listening to This Is Your Journey for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. You can jump online to find them at tobinbrothers.com.au. And we'll catch you the next time we celebrate the life of another sporting icon. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.